Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode 62. Before we jump into our really fun and insightful interview, we want to do our past guest spotlight. So we're throwing it back all the way to episode number 33 with Emily and Aaron from the Shining Shimmering Splendid podcast. That's such a tongue twister for me. I can barely say it. Really great podcast. Um, I hope you guys have heard that episode and the interview with them. If not, it's a really fun one. I would suggest going back and listening to it. Um, But they just released a brand new podcast episode that is covering 101 Dalmatians. So 101 Dalmatians is Catherine and I's one of our favorite movies. But they covered all of the different variations of it from live action to animated couple of different live actions ones to choose from. So we highly recommend going and check, checking out their podcast and checking out that episode. For sure. So today we are interviewing Andrew from Bay Lake Design. And you can connect with Andrew at Bay Lake Design on Instagram. And you can find him on Etsy at his shop at Bay Lake Design as well. So today we're so excited to talk to Andrew to hear a little bit more about his Disney story and how he was able to take, you know, maybe a not so good situation or a hard time in his life and turn it into, you know, one of the best decisions that he's made and, you know, a way that he's been able to express his creativity and his love for Disney. So Andrew, we're going to turn it over to you. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself for some of our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with you. Yeah, guys, thank you for having me. Uh, So, yeah, I'm Andrew, and um, I am the owner of the Disney shop on Etsy, Bay Lake Design. Um, It's your typical Disney niche uh, Etsy shop. You know, most of my stuff is all centered around, obviously, the Disney parks, Disney attractions, uh, food. I do um, a lot of Disney. Um, most of them are Disney and music mashups or Disney and brand logo mashups. Um, it's just a fun little shop that's just, you know, just a little hobby of mine, a creative outlet. I love that. And I honestly love your name too, because I feel like that's very unique. You know, typically, um, and I love all Etsy stores, but. Mm. You know, typically it's like Mickey this or, you know, ears this. And yeah. I like that it's different. It's, it's very a little, unique. A little more subtle. Yeah. Yeah, subtle. yeah it's, exactly. It's a subtle uh, homage to the Disney resort. Yeah. So kind of take us through, you know, what is your Disney story and what made you really start this project? Um, well, I've been a Disney fan, you know, my whole life. Like most kids, you know, I grew up watching all the films and the cartoons um and i'm a lot older than i look so i'm old enough to remember the uh disney sunday night movies where michael eisner would come on and host like walt disney did with the world of color um and then from then um my you know disney nerdness really grew when uh we started going to the parks when i was nine years old Uh, my parents started taking us every year sometimes twice a year and from that point, I just became absolutely hooked. I mean, I was just, I loved it to death. I couldn't get enough of it. So, and something I know that you've shared on your Instagram, and it's something that I have a little bit in similar, that you took a 10-year hiatus from Walt Disney World, um, kind of as you came into adulthood. So what was it that brought you back down to Disney? Um, and then how did it kind of snowball from there? Well, yeah, that's an interesting story. So from the age of nine to 16, like I said, we went once or twice a year. Sometimes we would take really long, like two week vacations. Um, And I've never been a fan of flying. Uh, I still I'm absolutely terrified of it. I'll do it, but I don't enjoy it. So I stopped going at the age of 16 for two reasons. My fear of flying and also as much as I loved the idea of going on a Walt Disney World vacation, um, at the age of 16, the idea of being home alone while your parents are a thousand miles away was also 
just as appealing, if not equally appealing, as a trip to Walt Disney World. Um, so that was my reason for the 10-year hiatus. And my return at the age of 26 is what really uh, started, you know, my, I guess you could call it obsession with the Disney parks. So at 16, I was still a kid, you know, you're walking around the parks and all you're worried about is the next ride or the next, you know, restaurant you're going to or gift shop. But so when I went back at 26, I, I, you know, I was grown up, I was an adult and I was able to, you know, see it for what it really is. And I, I didn't expect this and I was completely caught off guard by my reaction to it. And I found myself for the first time just really looking at everything. I mean, the architecture, the color schemes. I was, you know, reading all the signs, the windows on Main Street. I was even looking down at the pavement and just every little detail. And it was on that trip that I realized um, there's a story behind everything, even if it's one that 99% of the people aren't going to notice. I was just really able to recognize and appreciate the passion and all the work that went into creating Walt Disney World and all the Disney parks. And it was just something that blew my mind. And like I said, I was completely uh, taken aback at how I was just taking everything in. And it was just, I had a whole new appreciation for the parks, you know, and I was able to see what they really were. It was just one big story. And I just, it was amazing. I love that. I love hearing the stories of kind of like, as you come into adulthood, of when it clicks and you kind of yeah. understand that everything that goes into it. And like you said, it is kind of like overwhelming to, to some extent that you realize all the things that you missed throughout the years. Exactly. And, yeah. So I love that. So getting that obsession, getting back in touch with the parks and, and really having this true appreciation for it. What were the steps in between there that led you to start Bay Lake Design? What conversations took place and kind of what was it that got the ball rolling? Well, that is quite a story. And uh, I'll kind of explain the inception of Bay Lake Design without going into too much detail. Um, basically, and unfortunately, in May of 2018, my life was kind of turned upside down. Um, and I suddenly had a lot of free time on my hands. So after a couple of weeks of kind of moping around and feeling sorry for myself, I decided that I needed to do something that would bring a little bit of positivity back into my life. So I'm an, I'm an artist. I'm a creator. I just always have been, whether it's music or cooking, landscaping or carpentry, there's any type of art. Um, my mind is just constantly in creative mode and that's always been a positive outlet for me. So I remember one day I was on Instagram and I stumbled upon a post of a t-shirt someone had designed for the opening of Toy Story Land. And I immediately, I just thought, well, I could do that. And so I did. And by the end of the day, um, with, without planning on it, I had about a dozen or so designs and I was now the owner of an Etsy shop. <laughs> and those early designs I made just using a simple graphic design app on my iPhone. Um, most of the designs are actually gone now because looking back on them later, I thought, oh, you know, these are no good. <laughs> and uh, just a side note to that, I would not recommend designing T-shirts on an iPhone app. <laughs> it's just ridiculous and tedious. Um, but Fortunately, I have really supportive parents, and um, they actually, when I got into this, went out and bought me a MacBook Pro. So I've since upgraded to computer-based designs on some real graphic design software. So that just changed everything for me. And I love just really that connection. I can see the connection between like your Disney story and going back when you're 26, you know, picking out all of those little details, like how that translates into like your art background because even me like I love going to the parks and I love looking at all those things but mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't pick up on nearly like what you can so I yeah. love that and I think that's just so fun yeah and what really um so you know I started those early designs but 
that like spark that I got, I can remember it very vividly. Um, so I start, I became obsessed with these Toy Story Land designs. I couldn't stop making them. I just kept going and going. And so uh, one day I saw a post on Instagram by a guy named Brett, who we all know is guy behind the magic. And he posted a picture and he had a caption of the picture and he was explaining how he was transitioning from the Magic Kingdom over to Toy Story Land. And he wrote something I had never heard before it was something along the lines of i'm off to andy's backyard to protect the toys and i immediately thought andy's backyard security and i pictured the whole design it was the andy handwriting you know on the bottom of woody's boot and i saw the building blocks spelling out the word backyard and then kind of a army font spelling out security so i Quickly, I made the design again. This was when I was doing it on the iPhone, and uh, I posted on Instagram. And in the caption, I explained that it was inspired by Brett's post, and I also tagged him in the caption. And almost immediately, he commented on it, and he sent me a direct message saying that he really liked the design, and he was honored to have been the inspiration behind it. And he said, "You know, could you let me know when it's available? I'd really love to buy one." So. I was really excited. I replied back to him. I said, you know, well, I'd be honored to send you one as a gift because I never would have thought of it had you not posted that picture. Um, and so I did. You know, I sent one for him and his fiance Jen. And um, that feedback I got from Brett was really the reassurance I needed to feel like I was actually doing something that people might enjoy. And it just snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, because we haven't shared it too much, and I definitely don't want to overshadow your story by any means, but we created Detour to Neverland kind of in sort of a a dark, you know, gloomy period in our life where I had quit my job. We had tried to start a business, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. going the way that we expected it to, and Detour to Neverland was kind of the outlet that we created to keep us busy and and to, you know, harness some of those passions, but those... I think with any kind of creator, whether content or products, those first kind of early adopters are the people who, you know, cheer you on along the way. Yeah. You'll you'll never forget those people. So as you've grown and kind of, you know, had people appreciate your your creative work as you've gone along, kind of what has that meant within the Disney community to have these people latch on to things like that? Uh, it's amazing. Um, the feedback that I've received, you know, just through Instagram in particular, um, was very surprising because, I mean, as we all know, you know, social media for the most part can be a pretty evil place. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this Disney community, it's just amazing. I mean, it's 99.9% positive feedback that I've received. Um, I mean, people going out of their way you know, just to send a direct message saying, hey, you know, I really love that design. Like, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. And I've had a bunch of those types of messages from people, you know, and it's also people that, uh, you know, in normal, normal situations, you probably would never even have a conversation with. And, you know, I find myself connecting with these people almost on a regular basis. It's just really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that's something that we always try to talk about, especially for someone who's maybe just interested in becoming a part of the Disney community, is just how, you know, open and friendly and positive people are. Um, Because I think, you know, really everyone just likes to see everyone be successful and we all want to see, you know, how we can all use our talents to make Disney content. So I think that's been super fun for us. And it's so unique to to Disney. I think there's it not is. very many other communities where you get a lot of collaboration efforts and a lot of cheering other people on who technically could be competitors. It, exactly. The camaraderie between, um, you know, the small shop owners is so cool. And it's just so common too, which is, it's surprising. Cause yeah, you know, you are in a way competitors if you want to look at it like that. Um, 
and I think it's just something in as any other community, you know, besides Disney, you, you wouldn't get that. It just wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So something that I'm super interested in, you know, as you are looking to make a new shirt, kind of what mm-hmm. does that design process look like for you? Um, I've had times where I'm sitting there with my computer open and just trying to think of, you know, anything. Sometimes I'll sit there and nothing will happen. Um, other times I'll actually open like the Disney, you know, my Disney experience app and I'll kind of scroll through like the maps of the different Disney parks and just look at the rides and see if, you know, I just come up with something out of thin air um but usually when you try to go about it like that it's like writing a song like you can't it just an idea just happens it just comes out of thin air um like i have one design where it's a play on the the straight out of compton t-shirt and it's my uh straight out of the toy box shirt that was an idea i mean the idea the design and the posting and publishing of the shirt took place in a span of about 20 minutes. It just, the designs just come out of thin air, basically. So do you have to just carry your computer around just in case you get one of these ideas? <laughs> yeah, uh, for about four months, I literally, you know, had my computer under my arm. Um, yeah, in the summertime, like we'd take the kids over to my parents' house to go swimming, and I'd have the computer with me just in case I had an idea. It was, yeah, it was a little bit pathetic, but I, I was just consumed with it. And yeah, that computer was under my arm all the time. I mean, it was literally on the bed with me some nights. <laughs> so you mentioned the Andy's Backyard Security shirt. Are there any others? designs that really like when you finished them you pat yourself on the back or like you're still are kind of impressed with with what you were able to put that there or just any that you have like a special connection with um yeah i have one like i said i like the mashups i'm you know i'm a huge music fan especially you know old like classic rock i'm a huge beatles nerd um so i have one shirt that i really like um where it's a play on the Meet the Beatles album. And I swapped, it's that, you know, that really famous album cover uh, with the young Beatles and kind of half of their faces in the shadow. And uh, I swapped out the Beatles heads for uh, the Muppets. Mm-hmm. And uh, because there is that, you know, that gray area and that fine line where you're crossing into copyright infringement. Uh, you know, I just <laughs> used the silhouettes and, you know, stuck a shadow on half their face and I called it you know, meet the Muppets, uh, the, uh, you know, the phenomenal pop combo from Jim Henson. Um, that one I, I really like. And uh, most of the Toy Story ones, just because it reminds me of, you know, those early days where where all these designs were just coming to me, you know, all day long. Um, those designs just remind me of the beginning of Bay Lake Design and, you know, this journey that it's taken me on in the months since. Mm-hmm. I've got to say anybody putting Muppet products out there, I'm uh, forever a fan of <laughs> because <laughs> Disney doesn't make any more Muppets stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so, not a lot. So you've got to, got to support them in other ways. So I love that. Yeah. I, I love the other, um, I was looking through all the Muppet shirts earlier today and I, mm-hmm. May have tried to check out with a few, but I knew Catherine <laughs> would see it on the tote card. So <laughs> probably yeah, I, gr- I grew up watching the Muppets too. See so yeah, that Muppet Disney marriage is, you know, perfection for me. Mm-hmm. So changing lanes just a little bit. And it's something that you've shared on your Instagram is that a move to Orlando could be on the horizon for you and your family. Yeah. So if that happens, if it comes to fruition, Kind of what do you think that will mean for Bay Lake Design and also for your family as, you know, Disney fans? Well, as far as Bay Lake Design, I think I will go a little bit nuts with as far as, um, you know, uh, you know, I'll have a lot. I'll have the opportunity to post a lot more pictures in the parks of my products, which I know is really appealing to people to actually see, you know, a design 
within you know Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Um, and we're actually looking at Windermere in particular, which is literally in the Magic Kingdom's backyard. Um, so for my family, uh, there could be worse places to relocate the kids <laughs> to than Disney World's backyard. Um, so I anticipate just nothing but you know fun uh, for my family. Um, it's going to be difficult. Uh, we're trying, basically trying to make the stars align uh, to make everything work out. But um, they're on board. And my wife is just, I mean, she's the most supportive wife you could ask for. So she's just completely on board, too. Um, and as much as she might not admit it, she has become, you know, quite the Disney nerd also. <laughs> So it was you pulling her into Disney instead of the other way around. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that trip, um, my trip back when I was 26 was actually with her. Um, and that was, that was our first trip together. And that was her first trip since, uh, like, you know, the 1980s or something. Um, so yeah, she's, she's a big old Disney nerd now. Well, hopefully those stars align. And uh, if you want to go have Z's on like a duplex, you know, let us know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm literally at the moment I could make the final decision as soon as you know tonight. It's really that close to uh to happening. Oh man! Wow, that's so exciting. Yeah. Very. Exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. It's uh, it's every emotion you can possibly think of. Now that it's a real possibility, it's I'm happy and sad. I'm excited and nervous. I'm a uh, it's it's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. Are you going to be – I'm always interested in this. Since you didn't grow up near the parks, are you going to be that kind of dad where you're constantly reminding your kids of how lucky they are? Or you just let, oh. them, let them live it out? Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, bedtime. if we end up in Windermere, bedtime will probably be uh, when the fireworks happen at Magic Kingdom. Um <laughs> And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to spoil them. I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want it to become, you know, kind of mundane, uh, by going too much. Um, so we'll limit it, but yeah, I will definitely remind them how <laughs> lucky they are and they, they love it too. Uh, yeah. my two older boys, they, they absolutely love it. Love that. Well, awesome, Andrew. We thank you so much. I think we covered some really great topics. We love hearing the story of how Bay Lake Design kind of came to be. Really great shop. Um, like I said, you'll probably be shipping some stuff to Tennessee pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we appreciate that all you're doing and, and sharing some of that story. I think the next one we'll jump into is our fast pass around. So we'll cool. just kind of throw out these Disney topics. If you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so okay. we can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. All right. So the first one would be name just the Disney parks that you visited. Um, well, obviously all the Walt Disney World parks. Um, I've been to Disneyland once. I think at the time um, it was just the Magic Kingdom. I don't think there were any other parks there. Um, and I've also been lucky enough to go to Disneyland Paris during a, a European vacation. Of course, we had to make a stop um at disneyland and that was really cool uh it's different it's definitely a little different and when i went there again it was just you know the one park there wasn't uh the disney studios or everything else they, that they have now um so yeah those are all the parks i've been to was it called euro disney still at the time I, yeah i think it was man hmm. I've, yeah. I've i've been like ebaying looking and some of these vintage shop of some old euro disney uh -huh. apparel i feel like that's that's awesome stuff yeah so of the parks that you have been to which individual park is your favorite and why uh epcot hands down no question um i think because of that kind of it's got that 80s feel to it um epcot is exactly open one week after i was born and um it's funny because when I was a kid and we would go, that was the park that I I was always like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, I was always bored by all the education and stuff. And uh, but now I just love it. I could go there every single day on a vacation. You know, I could spend maybe just a few hours at the other parks. But if you just give me Epcot, I'll be fine. I just it's just 
it's such an impressive place. Just walking around World Showcase, um, it's just mind-blowing. I absolutely love it. The obligatory question for anybody who says Epcot is, which mm-hmm. is your favorite festival at Epcot? Um, I think the only one I've got to experience is Festival of the Arts. Mm-hmm. And we were there for Festival of the Arts in February, and it was really cool. I was blown away. Um, it was just, it was amazing. I'd never seen Epcot like that. Uh, that was, you know, that was my first festival. And, um, yeah, it was just really cool. I would love to get down there for food and wine too, because one of the things I get most excited about when going to the parks is the food. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully I'll get to experience that if possibly, if we live there. <laughs> oh, for sure. If you live there. Yeah. Um, so then what would your Disney bucket list trip be if you could go anywhere? Um, it'd probably be Walt Disney World and staying at the bungalows at the Polynesian. Um, I love the Polynesian and the idea of staying you know, out on the water in those private rooms with a view of the Magic Kingdom. That is pretty cool. A little, I think it's a little bit out of uh everyone's price range (laughs) but that would definitely be my bucket list trip i think the trick is you just got to be super nice to the front desk people because i've heard that a lot of times they don't (laughs) fill them up so you know get your kids on your way yeah get your kids there there looking really cute and maybe they'll they'll upgrade you you never know i wouldn't be surprised if at least once they have actually upgraded someone to the bungalows oh yeah um I, it wouldn't surprise me if they'd done that for at least one family. Mm-hmm. So next one, you might have just answered this for us, but your favorite Disney resort? Um, well, it is not the Polynesian, Ooh. as much as I love it. But uh, I got to say the Beach Club. That's where we stay every time we go. Um, every year, my wife and I say, okay, you know, let's try a new resort this time. But it just sucks us right in. We love it so much. The Epcot Resorts area is one of my favorite places on earth. It's just the perfect area. And as parents um, and a family who prefers Epcot to the other parks, the proximity to Epcot is just so convenient for us because, you know, with as any parent knows with kids, you're going to hit that wall at some point during the day where they just, they need a rest, they need a break. Um, and so just being able to walk, you know, five minutes through the International Gateway and be back at your room is a definite lifesaver when you're there with young kids. So I've got to know, it's something we've been so curious about. As DVC members, we Beach Club will stay there eventually, but how amazing is that pool? Does it live up to the hype? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um we usually we don't get to use it that often because we usually go in the off season during like January or February. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did it. I've been there plenty of times during the summer as well. And yeah, the pool, it's so cool. No other pool on property can compete with the beach club pool. Um, even on a cold day, we actually were kind of brave and went into the pool on a overcast February day. And I think we were the only ones in the pool, Um, but it was still enjoyable with the lazy river and the sand bottom. It's really cool. We need to see if we can move our old Key West to Beach Club. I'm sold. Oh, man. Someday. Yeah, you definitely have to try. It's just, I absolutely love the Beach Club. It's perfect. Um, So then this next one, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Um, I'd probably say Tower of Terror, um, because I I love the ride, but I love the theming of it. I think it's probably one of the most well-themed attractions that Disney's ever done. And I love that old Hollywood, you know, vibe, the music and uh, the architecture. I just, I mean, I could just, I could go in Tower of Terror and not even go on the ride every time, just go through the line just to take my time and really look around in there. Um, so yeah, that would probably be my, my only fast pass. I like that answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next one would be which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment from the parks? Um, that's an easy one. I'm probably gonna make some people mad with this <laughs> answer, but it, it's gotta be figment. 
Um, I remember. <laughs> I, re- <laughs> I remember the old school, the original Figment, um, which was really cool. There's so much going on in that one, but this current one, it's it, I just don't like it. Um, my kids love it, um, but I I just do not enjoy a single second of it. I always try to, you know, when they say, "Oh, let's go on Figment," I always try to suggest something else i just think they could do a lot better way better you know disney it just it surprises me of how kind of lackluster the current figment is mm-hmm. i i'll accept that answer as long <laughs> as figment gets to stay in some capacity if they go back to the first version of the ride like i will be the first one in line for that i just don't want to see him gone forever oh no, no oh yeah absolutely keep figment but just up give figment an upgrade and maybe bring the dream finder back yes. um and that music uh the dream finder was kind of creepy though <laughs> but i mean bring him back yeah keep figment but i think they could just do a lot better with that one the real question is is he as creepy as nigel which i can't even remember his last name in the moon scene no exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh man so these are our next favorite questions because they're food related so what is your favorite snack or your go-to snack um i'm old school i'd have to say popcorn and a fountain soda you know on at the hub or something in magic kingdom um I definitely I eat a lot of popcorn when I'm there. I've even gone so far, my mom and I, is to ask the uh, the people, uh, you know, the cast members, how they cook it, what oils they use to cook it in, and everything. Um, I love it. Either that or like the Mickey pretzels. Um, those are definitely my go-to snacks. I feel like for popcorn people, there's a couple different camps. Are you the bucket type person, and then go and refill it, or you get a fresh? paper cup every time i do the fresh paper cup and you know what one thing when i went to disneyland paris euro disney at the time um so my parents took myself and one of my sisters and so my mom and i the first thing we wanted to do was find popcorn so we're at magic kingdom we found the popcorn we're so excited to take you know our first big handful shoving into our mouth and I don't know if they still do this, but the popcorn was coated in sugar. It was the most disgusting snack (laughs) I've ever had on Disney property. It was gross. Oh, that is so disappointing. Well, I mean, everybody like raves about the popcorn in Tokyo, but they're all like sweet flavors or like really weird flavors. I don't like it doesn't sound appealing to me at all. Yeah, I'm not into that. I want the regular traditional butter and salt popcorn. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I need. Catherine, you got to share about your cheddar oh popcorn. So we, I mean, the last time we were at Epcot, they had a popcorn cart and it looked really appealing and they had just normal popcorn, like sour cream and onion, I don't know, yeah. popcorn and then like cheddar popcorn. And I was like, oh, I could go for some cheddar popcorn. <laughs> Do not get the cheddar popcorn. It was I, a mess. Like, I cannot I, imagine children eating cheddar popcorn. That would be awful. I saw that. I was there uh, three weeks ago uh, real quick. And, um, yeah, I saw that cart. They had the cheddar, the, you know, whatever it was, sour cream and buffalo popcorn. Yes. Um, yeah, the buffalo was tempting, but I had to go with the regular. Yeah, don't do it. Don't tempt yourself. It yeah. was, like, all over me. And I couldn't get it off. Ugh. Yeah, like stuck to your makeup. I look ridiculous. <laughs> you look like Fozzie Bear, honestly. <laughs> Thanks. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> so next one would be your favorite table service restaurant and favorite quick service restaurant. Okay. Um, table service. Okay, I have two. So the first one would be Rose and Crown in the UK Pavilion. Um I come from a very British family. I love British food and anything having to do with England. And the, you know, I love the atmosphere in there, and the food. And on top of the, on top of that, you know, you have the servers, the cast members from England. Um, I just, I absolutely love the Rose and Crown, and it's also in Epcot, my favorite park. The other one would be um, the Sci-Fi Dine-In. Um, 
that is such an impressive restaurant as far as the theming goes. Um, they have some good food, but overall, it's not the most impressive menu. Um, but it's just the theming. When you walk in there, I mean, you know, the old sci-fi film that plays, and you just really feel like you're outside under the stars at a drive-in movie that I absolutely love that restaurant. We go there, we go to those two restaurants every single time. Rose and crown. We usually do twice. I love both of them. We've never been to Rose and crown. Mm-mm. Oh, it's amazing. We're missing I out. also go to the quick service, the fish and chips yep. place like almost every day. I don't even <laughs> eat fish. That's the only time I do it. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> What about quick service? Okay, quick service. Um, probably the Columbia Harbor House um, in Magic Kingdom. I love how quiet it is in there. You know, if you go upstairs, you can always find a quiet spot. It's really never crowded. And there's some really cool views up there, too, where you're looking down, you know, on all the people walking through um liberty square by the haunted mansion crossing over into fantasy land and the food there is is pretty impressive i mean you can get a strip steak um at columbia harbor house are you taking notes Catherine? (laughs) brendan (laughs) Brendan loves harbor house it is so good yeah it is loves it so much better than pecos bills i'll say oh yeah pecos bills yeah I miss that. I miss that toppings bar. Where, oh, I used to go nuts at Pecos Bills. <laughs> <laughs> so then, moving away from food, what is your favorite character meet and greet moment? Um, that's probably another one I have a few for. I remember um, it was Christmas time. I think it was 2015 when my two older boys... Um, they were old enough to, you know, really interact with the characters and taking them to meet Mickey um, at the Magic Kingdom. That was really cool. Just watching that first interaction with they had where they really understood, you know, what was going on. Uh, you know, and they were talking back to him and just the look on their face. It was, it was just so cool. You know, as a parent, it's those moments that you know, are the best at Walt Disney World. And then another favorite of mine, I actually posted this clip a while back on Instagram. My youngest son, Cole, so he went for the first time in February, and he just had this attitude the whole time, like, whatever, dude. Every, everything he looked at, he was, like, not impressed. And it was hilarious to watch. We didn't get to see that typical you know, eyes lighting up reaction from him. He was just like, whatever. And so he met Goofy at Hollywood Studios. And as he was walking up to him, Goofy kind of like bent down really quickly and it scared Cole. And in the clip that I posted, you can see him. He kind of like jerks back and then he proceeded to yell at Goofy. He's kind of, <laughs> he's kind of swinging his arms at him for scaring him. And I mean, that... Every time I think of that or watch the video, it just, it cracks me up. It's definitely one of my favorite character meet and greet moments. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Next one. I know it's a doozy, but we got to ask everybody your favorite Disney movie. Coco. Um, You know, I'm a musician, so um, that answer, my opinion might be a little biased, but um, yeah, that's an amazing movie. And I pray that, Disney never makes a Coco too because that one is just perfect as it is. The music is amazing, the story is great, and I mean, just it's visually stunning. That movie they just did such a great job with that. I absolutely love it. We've probably watched it a hundred times. Um, again, Cole, my youngest son, he went through a period that lasted about all summer when it came out on Netflix where he's obsessed with it all day long, he just say mama Coco <laughs> and he, he loves it. And you know, after watching it, uh, I just, I love it. I don't know if you've seen this area, but if you get the chance, we were in Disneyland 
for October last year, and they have a whole area for Coco and Dia de los Muertos. It was amazing. I'm I've sure seen you would the love pictures. It. Yeah, it looks so cool. It was super fun. So then, yeah. this next question will be interesting since you are a musician. What's your favorite Disney song? Um, well, I love a lot of the old ones from like the classic movies. Um, like I remember singing like Zippity Doo with my mom, you know, when I was a little kid. Um, but I think my favorite, it's not from the movies, it's from the parks. And it's a piece of music that was written by a composer named Gavin Greenway. And he was actually commissioned by Disney to write this. And it's the score to Eliminations at Epcot. It's, I absolutely love that piece of music. It's so long and it just goes through all these different phases where it's, you know, it starts out really wild and then there's just kind of this calm, mellow part to it. And then it builds up again and, I, I love it. I love Illuminations, too. I'm super bummed that they're getting rid of that. So maybe you would know, but for something like that, do they like write the song first, or do you think they have the show first and then he puts music with it? That's a good question. I feel like I should know that. Um, no, I, I was just real curious. I don't know. I would imagine they kind of give the person an idea of what the show will be like. Um, I could be wrong. They could just kind of tell them, you know, this is the idea we're going for, you know, kind of mayhem and then mellow and then, you know, a big build up. That's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. I've, ne- I've never thought about it before. I literally just thought about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of shocked <laughs> yeah. that you thought about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to figure that out. That's going to be on my mind. Though. I'm going to make sure I figure that one out. So getting towards the end of these questions now, but your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies? Um, well, I think any line from Winnie the Pooh is pretty is pretty good. He's got a ton of one-liners that um, really make you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my favorite is from Walt Disney. It's, why worry? If you've done the very best you can, worrying won't make it any better. And I just think that's a great line and it's kind of, um, especially for me, you know, doing designs and everything when I'm, you know, I'm unsure of what I've done or whatever, but you know, it's out there, you know, it's done. If I'm out, you know, worrying about it, getting hung up on it, there's nothing I can do. It's not going to change anything, you know? I love that. Those are definitely words to live by. Exactly. Yeah. We need to like put that on a poster in our house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hang it up somewhere. We're definitely, I guess I can only speak for myself. I'm a worrier. I am too. (laughs) You can speak for me. (laughs) Yeah. So then this next one, your favorite Disney parks memory. Um, again, that's one. I have so many, um, you know, the, my earliest would just be those those first trips with my family when my sisters and all and I were, you know, just kids and everything was new, you know, all the parks. Um, there were just so many memories that we made uh, as a family. And then, you know, the first time I went with my wife, that triumphant return when I was 26 and our honeymoon there, um, all of my kids' first trips. Um I've also like the times I've spent alone with one of my kids have been pretty special. And there are times that I remember, even if it was just, you know, taking a walk with one, you know, one kid at a time, just spending that alone time with them. Um, those are some of the memories that really stick out. Um, and then also just the whole trip uh, with my youngest son when he just had that whatever attitude because it was just so funny and uh cracking us up the whole time looking back on like the pictures now and everything um that that was really fun to watch you know it wasn't that typical excitement reaction um so that that's always a funny memory yeah that's great well hopefully the stars align and you'll be down there and creating all kinds of new disney memories every day or every week so that would be amazing yeah. So our very last question is something that we like to ask all of our guests. And it's if you had a piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who maybe they're on the fence, 
they're thinking about becoming a content creator or creating some sort of product in the Disney community, what would your advice to that person be? Um, you know, just go for it. You never know until you try. And, you know, it's no fun wondering what if. Um, and also, you know, when you do make that leap, um, really put yourself out there, attach yourself to the product and get personal with people, um, you know, reach out to people and just be honest. Um, and don't be afraid, um, to put stuff out there, you know, don't be, don't second guess the things you're making. Um, cause I mean, like my most successful design I've done, I didn't even post because I was kind of embarrassed by it. Um, so you never know how people, you know, the kind of reception you're going to get and just, just go for it. Don't be worried about what other people think. Don't be worried, uh, you know, about looking like a big old nerd because you love Disney and, um, you know, just put everything you have into it and don't be afraid to, you know, test your creative limits and try new things as well. Um, I mean, like I said, you never know until you try and it's, it's no fun wondering what if. Yeah. And I think, you know, that definitely goes with that quote that you shared with us about worrying and, you know, exactly. even just your whole story as I think about, you know, you jumped in and you used your iPhone and, you know, I think some people are sometimes worried about, oh, well, I don't have it all figured out. Like I need a plan first. And I think sometimes the best things come from just doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? exactly. Sometimes, you know, tr- trying to sit down and, you know, sculpt a plan it um it's gonna hinder the whole process um i mean i think it certainly would have for me if i would have tried to plan all this out i don't think i ever would have done it um yeah it's really some of the best things you do in life are spur of the moment some of the best decisions you make are spur of the moment and so you know there's no point in worrying oh i don't have the tools to do this or you know, I don't have an audience. Um, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out how to do what you want to do with what you have. And, you know, the audience will come naturally. Um, and yeah, it's just, again, you know, there's no point in wondering what if. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all wonderful. And I think that's so valuable to our listeners. So I thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I just want to hit home that I think, Especially now, the Disney community is so large on Instagram. Yeah. And, you know, it's all, you know, as much as people don't want to think about it, it is about how can you catch someone's eye when they're scrolling through? Or how can you get someone to interact with your page who, you know, it, it maybe wouldn't otherwise? And I think you're exactly right that getting personal, sharing things, injecting yourself into your own projects is absolutely the way to go. Um, and, and I completely agree as well with that. You never can anticipate how other people are going to perceive things. Some of the episodes that I've like thought about not posting because I was embarrassed about how I interviewed the person or however mm-hmm. it might be, those end up being our best episodes. And you can't explain things like that. You just have to put it out there and see how it goes. Yeah. And it, one more thing to add to that. I think... You, you don't like for someone like myself, you know, who starts a shop, um, your goals should never be monetary goals. I mean, the, the most set that the money that comes from it is just a perk. I mean, you know, most of us aren't paying our bills with our, the funds we receive from Etsy. It just doesn't work like that for most of us. Um, the most satisfying part of it and the goal you should set yourself is just making a difference in someone's day. The best and most rewarding thing about what I've done is the messages I've received from people just saying how much they love the shirt and how perfect it was for their trip or their Disney marathon and just how surprised their son or daughter or husband or wife was when they opened the shirt. That's the best part about it. That's the most rewarding part. So, you know, to strive for money is just, it, it's, it doesn't even compare 
to the satisfaction of the positive feedback you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good takeaway. And I think, you know, that is something to always keep in mind that it's not about things like that or, you know, how many likes you can get. But like you said, making just an impact on even just one person at a time, yeah. you know, yeah, who enjoys your content. Part about it. Yeah. yeah. And if you keep doing those things and striving to create relationships, that's, I think, where you can find that happy situation where maybe you do get some sort of monetary contributions that mm-hmm. that become substantial over time. But I think anybody who has that as their primary goal, A, nowadays with social media, you can see straight through that. Yeah. And B, you're you're not going to achieve that nearly as quickly and you're going to get burned out, I, w- I would say. Yeah, exactly. And the, the positive feedback you get is all the inspiration that I need, you know, to open the computer and make another design that I think is going to make somebody happy. Yeah, love that. Well, awesome. Well, Andrew, I thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything else that you would want to share with the listeners before we head off? Uh, yeah, check out Bay Lake Design on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so you can find Andrew at Bay Lake Design on Instagram. You can also find the Etsy shop linked in the Instagram and also at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Bay Lake Design. So, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. We had a blast hearing your story, hearing some of your insights from Bay Lake Design and learning a little bit more about you um, as the person behind the brand. So we appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed doing this. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.